Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Golden Black Radio as we take a look at this week in Purdue Athletics. Here's your host, Kyle Charter. The Boilermakers are a couple of weeks away from game week for the season opener, having completed their first major scrimmage on Saturday. Takeaways from what we know. It's coming up on Gold and Black Radio. Kyle Charters here with Tom Deanhart. Tom, how are we still like 17 days away? Isn't it? Isn't game week here now? Can we get this? Let's get this rolling a little bit. Yeah, we're getting uh, getting closer. Two weeks into camp, obviously the. The dog days of August, you're familiar with them, uh, Kyle. Uh, I'm sure the players was game week was here, too. Uh, so, yeah, we're inching ever so slowly there. Uh, what, eight practices in the books plus a scrimmage, so a nine sessions for the Boilermakers. They go uh, four times this week, Kyle, and they have another closed scrimmage next Saturday. And then the school starts in the following week, I think they only go about three times, and then it'll be game week, buddy. Uh, so it's right at our doorstep. You just got to hang in there a little bit longer, okay? Well, I'll try to do so. Uh, not much choice that we have, I don't think. Uh, yeah, that game week will be unusual with the uh, the Thursday night games. When we get closer to that, of course, we'll see exactly what the game week looks like. Purdue scrimmaged uh, on Saturday. Of course, it was closed to the media and to the public, so our takeaways are sort of uh, once removed from seeing the game itself. But, you know, listening to Jeff Brom after the practice, it seems like he was pleased with some different aspects, maybe not one sort of overriding theme that took control of, of the scrimmage, but it seemed plenty of positive takeaways. Yeah, I mean, for me, just getting out of it healthy, right, given what, what went on this yeah. uh, this last week in practice, losing two players, two pretty key players to season-ending injuries. So you're always worried about your health. Uh, they did come through injury-free on Saturday, so check that box off. And, yeah, I think there were no other surprises, though, as far as uh, how various units performed on Saturday from what I was able to gather. Uh, still have some issues in the run game when it comes to uh, getting the tough yardage red zone type of a, a run game. Uh, uh, and, again, the secondary struggle. Again, no shock there, Kyle, given, you know, some of the uh, the, the players that, that aren't full go at this point, Corey Trice, Jamari Brown in particular, uh, they gave up some big plays, it sounds like. Uh, you know, on a positive note, Aiden O'Connell, sounds like he was very sharp. No shock there. Jeff Brown has been pleased with the quarterback play throughout camp. Uh, and then the receiving core, the guys are throwing to um, – uh, you know, sounds like uh, Abdul Rahman Yassin was a little limited, but Mershon Rice was out there. Brock Thompson was not, which was a bit of a surprise. So that's a unit, much like the secondary, that still is looking to get some key players back fully healthy here before September 1st. Demarjay Lewis was the uh, the big injury last week. The left ankle didn't look very nice uh, when we saw it up from the hill there. Uh, but it does come at a position where Purdue has – some depth, maybe the best depth that it has on the team, maybe the best depth that it's had at years there in the interior of the defensive line. How does he affect his injury, affect what Purdue wants to do? It's, it's, a, it's a key loss. You talk about the depth, and it is good. Uh, but from the way it's uh, sort of been described to me, you know, DeMarjia Lewis was really 
considered to be the fifth starter on a four-man line. I guess the first guy off the bench, if you will. Um, key guy on the interior. Had had a good a good off season. Um, was a guy, Kyle, who could play two positions, a three technique behind Branson Dean, and he could also back up Lawrence Johnson at the nose. So uh, a little bit of experience. This has been his third year in college. Of course, last year was his first year at Purdue after transferring from Indiana. So he's a redshirt sophomore. And, yeah, so now you gotta, you always have to be flexible and anticipate adversity, and it's hit. And I think, you know, uh, behind Branson Dean at three technique, you'll see Prince Boyd, Suleiman and Paca probably be your top two guys. I think guys like Greg Hudgens and J.P. Dieter could also be in the mix there. And it knows behind Lawrence Johnson. Um, you know, keep your on Cole Brevard from Penn State. I think he'll be the first guy off the bench that knows now. And I think Mo Amanade of West Lafayette. It's going to be a guy that does see some some decent snaps. And, and D.J. Washington, number 77, the former offensive lineman, is another guy I think they like at nose, too. All right, so we heard a little bit about uh, red zone issues coming out of, of the scrimmage. I mean, it, it was the same at the beginning, especially of last year. Uh, Purdue had some red zone problems. It just feels like this is going to be something that we're going to be talking about because, A, can Purdue run the football – B, it lost uh, one of its tight ends to injury. C, I'm not sure one of those other now backup tight ends is really a a blocking tight end. Um, How many of those things do you think sort of factor into the potential for Purdue to have uh, some more red zone issues here at the beginning of the season that they'd like to alleviate as quickly as possible? I've got a D option for you, Kyle. Xander Horvath's gone. Of course, the most yeah. physical running back they had is now toiling for the San Diego Chargers. Got some action in the first preseason game this last weekend against the Rams. But I digress. But, yeah, losing that physical presence who can move the pile a little bit and catch balls. And you're right. This is probably going to be an issue. Uh, I do think the line has a chance to get better still early. I think uh, especially the left side with, with – uh, Eric Miller, Spencer Holstead's in your center. Gus, Gus Hartwick has a chance to be good. Now, you know, heck, the right tackle is going to be probably Cam Craig, Kyle. He's in his fourth year in the program. He's starting experience. He's fully mature. So there's some veterans up front who are well-developed. So you'd think they would be a little more equipped maybe to get physical and get a push. Uh, it's still early. So uh, I guess you, you don't want to give up hope yet, but I think it is always going to be an issue. It's not Purdue's forte. We all know it, right? We get it. And Jeff Ramoyce has to be a little creative when it comes to, uh, you know, fourth and one, third and short, red zone, run game. And, and uh, I imagine he's going to have to do it again. You talked about the, the tight end spot too, right? Aaron Miller probably was their best blocking tight end. Um, I asked Jeff Ram about that position now that Miller's gone. And again, it's a big loss. This is an NFL prospect, the most gifted tight end they have on the roster. And, uh, you know, Paul Paferi's next man up, but I think – you know, Jeff Brom said they could use additional offensive linemen if need be, if they need to really get a muscled-up formation in there on short yardage and maybe go more four wide. We talked about that, too, just play four wide receivers, uh, you know, between the 20s, if you will. So if there's one thing Jeff Brom is, it's creative, and uh, these things happen, and, and, and coaches are judged on how they can adapt and adjust and still make things work even when you lose key personnel. 
Another takeaway perhaps from the scrimmage, uh, some inconsistent play in the secondary. I think I like Purdue's secondary. I like it like on paper. Mm-hmm. I like its potential. I like some of the guys that are out there. Uh, but Corey Trice and Jabari Brown like need to practice, right? <laughs> I mean, you can't. Yeah. I just, I mean, with Corey Trice especially, we all think that he's a, a good player, maybe could be a really good player. But it's not like he's played a ton, right? I mean, he he needs to get out there and practice some. So, uh, to me, that's something mm-hmm. to watch a little bit. Those guys need to practice a little bit ahead of playing in the game. Yeah, remember he left. Uh, he, he he was out early last year in September. Three on the yeah. last season as well in 2020, 2020, right? Just an abbreviated season. And then remember, Kyle, right before the 2019 season kicked off, they moved him from safety to cornerback. And he played a little bit that year as well. So you're right, for a guy who's been on campus for now his fifth year, he doesn't have a whole ton of experience. Um, uh, he has been on practice field in some team in some team situations. He's been going through individual with his position group as well. Sounds like he played a little bit on Saturday. So did Jamari Brown. So I get the sense those two guys are close. They're just being extra cautious with both of them. I think you know, the plan is here these last two weeks maybe to ramp them up just a little bit more, ease them into more more practice, more 11-on-11 situations. So I think that's coming, and I think you're exactly right. They need to get on the field. They need to practice. They need those reps to get sharp again. Penn State's got a veteran quarterback, and they have a yeah. transfer receiver from Western Kentucky who's very good. So they're going to test you, no doubt, in the passing game. So, yeah, that's something to continue to monitor. But I'm like you. I do like this secondary on paper. Uh, when it gets healthy, we've talked about Trice and Brown. Um, Reese Taylor, the Indiana transfer, Kyle, they've really liked him in camp. I think he can maybe, – maybe he starts the opener. He's a veteran. He's played a lot of yeah. football. Been out there all camp. Bryce Hampton, number zero, another transfer, has another guy who can play not just corner but safety. I think you're going to see him on the field quite a bit too at the corner spot. T. Danson's the other one, Kyle, and I think he's a little further away. Uh, He's done the, the least of any of these cornerbacks coming back from injury. Uh, double sports hernia surgery. May not see him till mid-September. So uh, he's one guy that I think is probably going to be on the shelf for a while. But, again, back to Trice and Brown in particular, uh, hopefully these guys start getting more action on the practice field in anticipation. Of that, that, that yeah, up. I just feel like if Purdue is to do what it wants to do defensively, um, and then maybe do some things to, to, you know, generate some pass rush up front. It's going to need those guys in the secondary to to perform well. I mean, I I think last year that was, you know, those guys even with Trice's injury, the, the cornerbacks probably played better last year than what we anticipated them them playing. And um, Purdue needs those guys healthy and getting reps and being out there. And if they don't, it just is like. Uh, just opens yourself up to giving up a bunch of big plays, I think. And that that's one thing that Purdue was largely able to avoid, even though it played pretty aggressive in its front last year. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And um, you want to limit those big plays, obviously. And, and Purdue did do a pretty good job of keeping those two to a minimum, not letting those be too devastating when they did occur. So, um, you know, the safety spot, I think, has got some nice potential. That, that, that position's been – Obviously not impacted from an injury standpoint like cornerback. Uh, we've had Cam Allen out there all camp. We've had Chris Jefferson out there all camp. Talked about Bryce Hampton, the transfer from Adams State, 
who can play both spots. He's been out there all camp. Sanusi Kane looks like he's starting to see some more action. He had hip surgery in the offseason. He's a guy, Kyle, if you remember, actually started a cornerback in the bowl game. They needed him there, that desperate cornerback. Hmm. Dedrick Mackey was ineligible. So Sanusi Kane's a guy they like a lot, and they got to get him on the field, too. Like I said, he looks like he saw some action Saturday, and again, he's primarily a safety, and they do like him at that spot, number 21. Brock Thompson was out. The the veteran wide receiver for Purdue did not he did not participate a lot right on Saturday, um, but I keep being like told that he's going to be yeah I keep being told he's going to be ready to play. Yeah, um, he'll be ready to play. That you know Jeff Blom uh, was asked that Saturday. He he said he'd be ready for the opener. They want to get him the game week. Um, you know watching the practice. This last week he was out there for one of them. He dropped it. He dropped a pretty easy catch and dropped and did his twenty push ups and so is that is that kind of stuck? You can be as good as you want, but you know, you still have to get the practice reps in to be sharp and to stay sharp. We know his abilities, we know his skill set when he is dialed in. We saw it in the bowl game, right? But you you gotta get yourself in game condition and Brock Thompson certainly has not practiced very much thus far in camp, so um Yes, you want to make sure his, his, his shins are okay. Remember, he had titanium rods put in each, each shin. But you still have to get out there and practice some, right? Um, I think they want him to be one of their number one outside receivers. I think they want Charlie Jones to be the other. In the slot, you'll see T.J. Sheffield and Tyrone Tracy, Kyle. I think those are the four guys they envision maybe being the top four receivers. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk some emerging players here from the first couple of weeks. Of camp, we'll do that uh, in a little bit more coming up on Gold and Black Radio. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. It's time to boiler up and join the Brom Squad by gearing up with the best selection of Purdue apparel in stock only at Follett's. Visit the Black and Gold Mine store across from Mackey or Follett's Purdue West on State Street for the best game day apparel from Nike, Columbia, Champion, Cutter and Buck, and more. Shop Follett's late on game day weekends. Follett's has been your Purdue game day stop since 1945. If you can't make it to the game, shop online at FollettsPurdue.com. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill, industrial and classic. The restaurant is built like a steakhouse, but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals and incorporate fresh local and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, 
and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event to the private dining room, the Energize and Attentive staff is here for you. East End Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. Welcome to Golden Black Radio as we take a look at this week in Purdue Athletics. Always nice to be able to ID some emerging players or maybe some surprises from uh, preseason practices. Tom, who you got? Anybody sort of uh, standing out as as maybe emerging that could have an impact for Purdue this year? A couple receivers. Um, you know, Colin Sullivan, a Richard sophomore from Round Rock, Texas, just outside of Austin. This is a guy that's turned a lot of heads. He kind of got his feet wet in the bowl game last year, caught a pass. Showed he was capable, and uh, he's continued to impress uh, beginning in the spring now on through camp. It'll be interesting, Kyle, to see as, as the receiving core gets healthy. You know, Yassine gets healthy, Rice yeah. is healthy, Thompson's is healthy. Uh, we still, of course, have the two Iowa guys, Jones and, and Tracy. Even though uh, Colin Sullivan's done well, can he, can he really forge a spot with a fully healthy receiving core? You hope so, given the fact he's stuck with it and been productive, but that will be a good storyline to watch. And also another receiver, sort of in that same scenario as Sullivan, Elijah Canyon, the transfer from Auburn. Um, can he really forge a role on what could be a crowded receiving core? He's certainly turned heads like Colin Sullivan. He's the biggest receiver they've got, Kyle. He's about as tall as you, buddy, 6'4", 220. And, uh, he's, you know, Brom says he's got to learn how to use his body to wall off defenders. Could be a real red zone target, but, you know, those are two, I think, receivers to watch defensively. You know, Scotty Humpich, transfer from Murray State's a kid they like a lot, too. So I think that guy on that side of the ball could maybe be one of their answers to uh, uh, that nagging question, Kyle, who's going to rush the passer this year with big George Karlofka's gone? Does Cameron run as well as me, though? That's the big question. <laughs> you can do better damage at the Shoney's Breakfast Bar than him, too. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, the uh, pass rush, I mean, they need somebody to do it. Somebody or somebody's uh, to emerge as guys because they like it. Like, sort of talked about earlier. You just you don't want to have to sell out too much to, to rush the passer. I mean, they've got to be yeah. able to do it a little bit uh, up front, which they were able to do last year with Karloftis a lot. I mean, you know, more maybe than the numbers indicate. But I mean, he was able to create some problems in the backfield for opponents that um, that also opened opened up some other guys to make some plays too and. You know, I, I don't know that we can. You know, there are some things you can tell in practice, um, and there are some things sometimes that you cannot. And to me, that's one of those things that, that at least for me, I think it's hard to determine by watching practices. Can Purdue get after the opposing quarterback? Yeah, and uh, you make a good point about the impact Carl Loftus had last year. You know, his sack totals weren't gaudy, but, again, the attention that he commanded, the pressures he got, and, and uh, the, 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 his ability to attract attention and, and how that benefited his teammates up front with one-on-one blocking, that's gone. There's no alpha up there for opponents to really worry about. Uh, so there's, there's potential there. I talked about Humpich, the Leo uh, Corday Sidner, who's a defensive end Redshirt freshman, 6'4", they like him a lot. He can maybe be a guy that emerges. Um, of course, Kydron Jenkins is back, the number one Leo. 
little undersized guy, but he, he can get after it too. Jack Sullivan, too, number 99, Kyle, the number one defensive end. He's a guy that, you know, he's not, there's not a lot of sexy about him, but he's all he can be kind of sneaky productive. So those are some mm-hmm. guys off the edge. Who, who knows, maybe Yanni Karloffis and maybe the true freshman, you know, Nick Carraway. How people tell me this is the best freshman on the roster, the best true freshman on the roster. And some think he's so good he may only be on campus for three years. So watch number five, Nick Carraway, a Leo. Inside, Branson Dean's very active. We know that. Uh, he can maybe get a push uh, on the interior. Maybe Mo Amadede, too. He's awfully quick, Kyle. He's only six feet tall, but he's 285. He's got a fully mature lower body. He's strong. He's quick. He's explosive. So there's potential. Maybe not an all-American talent, but they may have enough there collectively to get a push. Yeah. All right. So this week, uh, Purdue practices again. What starting today? A few times this week, and then uh, school starts. Start to get into it a little bit next week. Yeah, you're exactly right. Four times this week. Three the next. They have the scrimmage this coming Saturday. They're getting closer, and um, yeah, like I said, they still have questions to answer. But like you, like you were pointing out, there's only really so many things you can really find out in practice. You got to line up, get that game speed to see what you're all about. And of course, we all know Purdue's jumping straight into the deep end by opening against a team like Penn State here. At least they get to do it at home. Should be a great environment, a blackout, uh, national television audience on Fox. Uh, could be an electric atmosphere and a real table set for what could be a another fun season in the West Lafayette. Sounds good, Tom. Continue to give 110%. Will do, my friend. I'll see you at the Shoney's Breakfast Bar. <laughs> there you go. All right, uh, that'll do it for our podcast for this week. Be sure to check out much more news and analysis at goldandblack.com. And if you like the podcast, be sure to rate us five stars. Tell your friends as well and leave us a comment. All right, uh, we'll be back with this version of the Golden Black Radio podcast again next Monday as we start to gear up toward that opener against Penn State. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, as always, for helping us uh, deliver this podcast. For Tom Deanhart, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Black Radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.